Hello and welcome to today's live stream about digital transformation or to be more specific, how you can map out a plan, a strategy for your digital transformation, especially when you are an organization or a company in the Caribbean. That being said, welcome again. Let me know if you can see and hear me loud and clear if you're joining me live. And as always, feel free to use the chat function to hit the like button and all the social media stuff, depending on the platform you are watching this. Um, as always, you can ask your question and I will try to answer it um, yeah, during this talk. And um, yeah, the idea or the um, goal of this live stream of this talk um, is to really give you something tangible um, that you can use, that you can yeah, implement really quickly um, to help you with your digital transformation. Because um, I think, yeah, digital transformation is probably an overused buzzword and often um, yeah, not very tangible and people are don't or often don't really know um, what it actually is, how to actually implement it, and so on. And therefore, um, yeah, I want to give you a handful of tools today um, that you can use and um, focus more on the strategy side of things, or rather, uh, yeah, I want to make you aware that when we talk about digital transformation, at least from my perspective, um, yeah, strategy is way more important than the tools that you actually use to get there. And um, in my experience, a lot of people um, have it backwards. And that's also a kind of goal I want to achieve to yeah, maybe point out that you maybe think about your strategy first before you start implementing. So the question is, um, of course, where to start? I think the last, um, yeah, especially 48 months um, were kind of turbulent in every aspect um, of our lives. And I think by now every company, every CEO knows, okay, digital transformation, um, I have to do something, but where do we actually start? And um, then the question comes up, okay, what is actually digital transformation. Um, yeah, when you type that word in, in Google or that phrase into Google, you get yeah, millions of search results and uh, software solutions, ERP solution, solutions, e-commerce solutions, payments, um, AI, automation, robotics, and whatnot. All these things um, are popping up. But what I want to do today is to really focus on, okay, what can you do um, to actually improve your business and to generate a business outcome because I'm assuming we're all yeah, business owners or operators here and therefore that should be the goal whenever we talk about digital transformation. Because what I often see and what might be one of the yeah, biggest hurdles or biggest problems um, when we're talking about yeah, improving or using technology um, to improve our business um, is yeah, what you maybe know as the shiny object syndrome. Meaning we see some new piece of technology, um, usually a kind of hype around it. And therefore, um, yeah, we have that urge to implement it. I think, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you 
you know, run a business, if you solve problems, you're always fascinated by new solutions that um, are popping up and new tools get developed every day. But at least in my experience, um, and maybe especially when we're talking about the Caribbean, um, shiny object syndrome is real. And um, I want to give you an example and uh, hopefully um, yeah, encourage you to avoid it in the future. Um, yeah, as you might know, yeah, since I think now almost two years, um, yeah, Jamaica um, has a kind of pilot project with their central bank digital currency, Gemdex, and um, yeah, you can see the logo here. And uh, when it was introduced um, a few weeks ago, and um, I think at least from my perspective, that's a perfect example for shiny object syndrome. Why? Because first of all, the cost of that project is unknown, at least for the public. And um, I think even the people involved can't really estimate the total and overall cost for, in that case, the government, in that case, the taxpayer um, or the taxpayers of Jamaica. So from a strategy perspective, okay, we don't really know the costs um, that we have to pay for that piece of technology or for that solution. And um, we also don't really know what the benefit is at the end of the day. Again, a lot of buzzwords are being used in that context, but um, the actual benefit for the end user, and in that case, the end user is the yeah, average Jamaican, every Jamaican citizen, um, is as far as I can tell, um, unknown at this point. Um, of course, the pro problem um, is there, meaning yeah, a lack of suitable bank services, financial services, payment solutions, and so on. But the question is, um, does that piece of technology actually solve the problem? Again, cost is unknown, the benefit is unknown, but it's new and cool. And we are one of the first ones who have it. I think that's one of the major motivations in that case, at least from what I can tell, because um, yeah, when you look a little bit um, at the rest of the world and other solutions and ask yourself the question, okay, what is the actual goal of a central bank digital currency? Um, what can that tool actually do and what can't it do? And does it actually solve the problem we have? Um, I think that's a question that is not discussed enough in that context. And I just want to share you a uh, yeah, 90 second clip from an interview from um, yeah, IMF discussion, International Monetary Fund, uh, where the of finance of Singapore um, is talking and I think Singapore is kind of similar situation than a lot of Caribbean nations again small country small uh, land mass small population but relatively wealthy therefore I think it might be reasonable to listen to them I'm not entirely convinced that a retail CBDC is required to meet the competition posed by say privately issued stable coins um, because what is the advantage? The advantage that privately issued stable coins bring is not that they are digital. All our money today is digital. We make transfers very, very quickly. 
it is the platform upon which these currencies operate. A stablecoin operates on a larger e-commerce or social media platform where the payments function is integrated into a whole range of other things that we do. We want to watch a movie, we want to buy a house, we want to go to a restaurant. Payments is in part of it. We don't desire payments for its own sake. Um, so when you're up against platform economics, I'm not sure retail CBDCs, simply issuing it and putting it on our e-wallet is going to be a... Because you can just as well do that today with your credit cards. So I'm not convinced about retail CBDCs in that regard. Now, wholesale CBDCs, different matter. I think they can do better than uh, private cryptocurrencies or stable coins because of the fiat backing and because they're issued on both sides. So the experiment we did with the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, uh, both central banks on either side issue a wholesale CBDC. A transfer can be made. I can send money to can a friend in Canada in Singapore dollars. It gets translated into Canadian dollars. Settlement is, you know, uh, just a couple of hours. I mean, that's in the pilot. We've not scaled it yet, but that's the vision. And the wholesale CBDC there acts as an anchor for that blockchain transaction to work. Uh, I would not rule out a privately issued bank CBDC being able to perform the same function, but they don't have any particular advantage because here we are not in the platform situation. We are simply in a cross-border uh, transfer situation. So I think that is going to be a very interesting development to watch over time. And I do think most mm -hmm. of the excitement, most of the impactful use cases are going to be in wholesale CBDCs for cross-border payments, cross-border trade finance, and so on. Yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons, or I think, why this is a good example for a situation where we see a problem, we want to solve that problem, we have a new piece of technology that is kind of hyped up at the moment, and then we yeah, just try to plug that technology in and uh, yeah, without making sure or assessing upfront um, if that tool, if that technology can actually solve the problem that we have. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, talk to your peers, um, probably everybody you know um, knows about a failed digital transformation project where you then have, yeah, fancy, potentially useless and most often expensive piece of technology that then nobody uses. And yeah, that's probably a situation um, that occurs quite often. And um, a lot of decision makers are afraid that that's the result of um, their digital transformation project at the end of the day. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people or a lot of businesses often delay these kind of projects or delay these kind of decisions. And that's also the reason why I think um, yeah, that you always have a strategy first approach, meaning you should have a plan um, and a clear understanding of the actual problem that you're trying to solve and or the business outcome that you're trying to achieve. And then in the second step, you look for the tools. Same like a doctor, in the first step, you diagnose the actual problem. And then in the second step, you prescribe a therapy or the treatment. And that means you need to ask the important questions first. And I think a lot of times yeah, people don't ask these questions or maybe um, yeah, ask the wrong questions. And as simple as it sounds, 
And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why people often get a, yeah, maybe have an unnecessary fear or overcomplicate things. Um, meaning people often have the urge, yeah, really to, to make things more complicated than they are. And I'm always a proponent of keep it as simple as possible so that everybody in your organization can understand it. And you should be able to explain to everybody in your organization if they ask, okay, why are you doing that at the end of the day? And uh, yeah, involve everybody in that decision-making process so that they don't have the feeling, okay, there's just something that is dictated from the yeah, top down but there's actually a reason for these uh yeah for these changes often and that's also usually the best way to get people behind a project behind the digital transformation or behind change management again another cool term so question number one and maybe the most important question why are we doing this why are we embarking on that new project what is the reason and then, of course, we're trying to become more specific and yeah, tie that as possible uh, or if possible to some form of business result. What is the problem that we are trying to solve here? How can we measure that we actually make progress? Again, we don't implement technology just so that we have a new shiny um, yeah, toy or tool that we can show, but to actually get a result. And I want to use um, yeah, the metaphor of building a house in that case. So for example, um, when you start building a house, um, then one of the first question is as simple as it sounds, okay, what are we building? Are we building a house in the suburbs for a family? Um, are we building a big corporate uh, construction, a big corporate headquarters, or are we building something um, that is completely off the grid uh, yeah, in the wilderness? Again, depending on the goal, you would have different approach, you would have different resources, different people involved in that process. And then you make a plan or start mapping out the strategy. Then you buy the tools and materials after you know what you actually need. And after you have an estimate, how much you need, how much it costs, and so on. And then the last step at the in the process is that you actually start building or when we talk about digital implementing software or whatever it might be in your specific case. And I know that sounds very simple, but again, when we look at a lot of projects, um, yeah, it's the other way around. It's like, hey, we have a new technology or a friend or uncle or yeah, a fellow business partner said um, he or she heard about that new software or that new app or that new whatever. And now we have to do that too, instead of asking these questions first. And um, again, I'm not only one to talk about theory, but actually give you a framework that you can use, um, yeah, a very simple step-by-step -step process that you can follow. And then at the end, you actually have something that you can use and that you then go from there and um, yeah, think about implementing from there. But again, I think the most important part is to actually ask the right questions and then make the necessary decisions. And that means step number one, get your decision, get your decision makers 
in one room. And um, when I say one room, of course, that can be physical or hybrid or remote or whatever makes sense in your situation. And usually we're talking about yeah, around five people, sometimes more, but um, yeah, a maximum of 10 people. And um, it's really important that we're talking about decision makers here, meaning um, it's very important that after that process or after that session, after that um, yeah, exercise, um, you don't have to go through a committee or get confirmation or approval for the decisions uh, that you made or for the plan that you developed. Otherwise, that's really pointless. And that's why it's important that everybody that is involved in that exercise actually has decision-making competence. So meaning when we're talking about the roles and again, depending um, if you're a smaller working in a smaller company, a lot of these roles probably overlapping. If you're working in a bigger organization, you have more a silo approach and yeah, different departments. Um, but just to give you an idea, um, yeah, who are the persons that should be yeah, present in that um, in that session? That's usually the CEO or the founder, especially when you're talking about a big project like that. Um, then the person or persons um, that knows best about the operations and the product, meaning you need yeah, really someone that has hands on the product every day, knows the whole assembly process or service process or yeah, depending on your company. Um, then of course, um, customer service, meaning someone that really reflects the customer side um, of things, knows what the customers think, what they want, what they complain about, um, and so on, meaning someone that is really close at the customer. Then, of course, um, finance department, meaning someone that can actually tell you, okay, how much does that cost? Where do you lose the mo most money? Where do you spend the most money? What's the most profitable section? And so on. And, of course, sales and marketing. And there might be a few more roles, functions, or departments that you want to integrate here, depending on your situation. That might be reasonable or not, um, depending on your situation, but that's usually a good starting point. Then step number two, after you got, yeah, or you, after you identified your, your stakeholders and got all of them in, in one room, now you actually collect ideas for the business improvements, or to rephrase it, um, you actually yeah, collect the problems or the hurdles that you have, meaning it's really a brainstorming session where everybody just yeah, writes on a piece of paper what he or she thinks would be the best for the company, what is the, one of the biggest problems, uh, where they see the biggest um, room for improvement, everything around that. So it's really just getting as much ideas as possible, not necessarily about the quality yet, but just, okay, what do people think could be important in that context? And um, yeah, just as a um, helpful tip here, um, usually when you do that in, in praxis, and in practice, usually the best way is to yeah, use these kind of sticky notes that can be physical or again, remote in a software program. And um, yeah, you should phrase these things like how might we how might we achieve X? How might we solve problem Y? Okay, I think that's usually just from a psychological 
psychological perspective, usually one of the best approaches or ways to phrase a question like that. And then again, you just um, collect as ma many ideas as you uh, as you can, um, or as you yeah, can get. Usually, fifteen minutes, maybe thirty. But you, that's usually too long. But yeah, fifteen minutes is usually is usually a time frame where you can collect these ideas. And yeah, just to give you some support here, um, yeah, some areas of focus um, that you can think of. Um, again. Don't, don't overcomplicate things. You don't need to be a tech expert or have software experience or anything like that. Just think about your day-to-day -day business process, your day-to-day -day work, and think, okay, where are time wasters? Where are repeat repetitive uh, processes and so on? For example, are you still using uh, paper processes in a lot of cases and uh, yeah, outdated technology like fax machine and so on? And when you work in some form of public or government organization that's probably the form of technology that um, yeah you are most familiar with with and is still used still yeah till today in a lot of companies so just think okay if everybody of your employer uh, employees spends 20 minutes every day um, with yeah operating that machine or wasting time with with paperwork if you can crunch it down to five minutes per day and yeah save therefore 75% of these kind of mundane tasks, what would that mean on a yearly basis and how much money would you save, how much would you increase your output and so on. So really think in very simple user stories or in very simple tasks or problems that you face in your day-to-day -day life. Again, it's not about finding a solution yet, it's just finding, okay, where can we improve? How might we improve? And usually we can yeah, the, the areas or the, the results um, are usually in one of these three areas that I'm yeah, going to touch on very briefly now. Um, they either lower costs in some way or form. You can measure it directly, sometimes indirectly. Um, but yeah, either you can save costs by replacing some form of legacy system. Or you in, can increase um, customer satisfaction. However, that might look like that your customers are really more satisfied with your services, that they recommend your company more, um, that your um, yeah, average order value increases, um, your overall revenue increases, you make more sales, um, yeah. uh, personal recommendations uh, of your customers uh, increase, however you're going to measure it. But usually, um, yeah, it's very easy, in, at least in, in my perspective, to implement some form of technology um, to make it easier for your customer to buy from you or to communicate more and yeah, to communicate with you and to increase the overall satisfaction with your company, with your brand, or with your organization, if you are a government organization, for example. Or, of course, it can increase productivity. So no matter if your um, team is um, yeah, happier and more productive because they can use um, technology that actually makes their life and work easier, um, or you can really yeah, save costs in, in operating your systems or um, yeah, maybe cutting out a middleman completely or are no longer reliable uh, or reliable, yeah, 
dependent on an external vendor, um, but can now do it in-house, whatever it might be, you can usually, again, put it under one of these three areas. Either you can lower your costs, you can increase your customer satisfaction, or you can increase your overall productivity. And then step number three, after you've collected all these ideas, again, and now you should have a list um, of yeah, ideas. Some of them are probably double. Um, then you just combine them. Don't yeah, really start a big discussion about minor details. Again, we want to look at the big picture and want to make decisions today. Meaning, have a list, and now we need to prioritize. Meaning, yeah, where do we actually start? Which of these uh, things that we can do, should we actually do, and make sense? And um, let me pick it up a little. There we go. Um, and one tool um, that I like to use in that scenario is um, an impact versus effort matrix. And um, you can, again, use software um, if you do that in a remote workshop, uh, or you can do that um, in your um, office spaces and a whiteboard or whatever, just yeah, draw um, two axes. And on the one side, you have the impact. And on the other side, you have the effort. And then, um, yeah, the task of your, um, you know, of the members of these exercises now to just take the post-it notes with their ideas and put them in the quadrant that they think make sense. Meaning we have four quadrants. We have the yeah, one in the left upper corner where we have a high impact and low effort, meaning everything that yeah, lands in that quadrant is generally speaking a yes, meaning sounds good, it makes sense to implement that. Then we have um, on the top right corner, uh, the quadrant or the area where we have high impact, but also high effort, meaning that can mean it will take a lot of time um, to implement these changes or will cost a lot of money, whatever it might be. And again, you judge for your circumstances. Then on the um, lower half of the matrix, um, we have on the left side, low impact and low, and, uh, low effort. You say, okay, maybe um, we can think about that. And then we have um, on the right side, uh, on the lower side of the matrix, high effort, low impact. And of course, these are the things or the projects that we don't do. And um, yeah, I think that's a way how we can very easily and very quickly visualize and prioritize um, the different um, yeah, tasks, the different ideas um, that you have that can help you in your digital transformation. And again, um, yeah, just post, put the post, it's um, there. We can still afterwards um, talk about if you move them from one quadrant to another to kind of get yeah, a collectively agreement, a collective agreement. Uh, on the whole map. And then you will probably see that you have two, three, a handful of ideas in the yeah, high impact, low effort corner um, of the matrix of the quadrant. And um, that should, or these should be the, the projects or ideas where you now can focus on and really evaluate, okay, does it make sense? And then step number four, and 
now we are at the last step of the whole process. Now we can start thinking about executing and implementing after we make sure that after we prioritize, you know, analyzed um, yeah, the different options that we have. And then in the last step, we actually start implementing and now we choose the right tools and yeah, have a look at the different tools that are available on the market. All right, so let me recap really quick um, what I want to yeah, communicate um, today or really easy um, starting point that you can really re easy framework that you can use um, to yeah, get started with your digital transformation and um, yeah, don't get stuck. So again, step number one, make sure you get all your decision makers um, in one room, real or virtual. And uh, yeah, start collecting ideas, brainstorm ideas where you think um, that could improve your business in whatever shape or form. And then in the second step, you go and prioritize um, these ideas, you use an impact, uh, impact effort matrix, um, try to figure out okay, which one has the lowest effort and the highest impact. And these are the projects or the ideas that you start with. Again, now you start doing your due diligence to analyze them and yeah, start choosing the right tools. And then in the last step, you start implementing and executing. I think that's, yeah, hopefully demonstrates um, why I think why it's so important to spend a little bit more time in strategy and thinking about um, how you actually um, approach things instead of, um, yeah, have the shiny object, object syndrome and start with every new technology that comes your way. And yeah, you go left and right and up and down, but you don't really move forward, although you are constantly moving. Therefore, I hope that was helpful um, to you. If you want to know more about that, um, or if you want our personal help with um, yeah, facilitating that kind of workshop, feel free to reach out, connect with me on LinkedIn, visit our website. There should be a link down below. And of course, if you haven't done so as yet, give the, give the video a like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, feel free to do so. And of course, I always appreciate it if you can yeah, say a word or two or send me a message where we actually, or where you actually know me from so that I can make the connection. All right. I hope that was helpful. I wish you a great week and I hope to see you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.